Welcome to God and Cancel Culture. We're up to Chapter 5. Hello, everyone. This is Stephen Strang. I read the audio book, and I'm sharing portions of the audio book with you chapter by chapter. Today is Chapter 5. It's not just cancel culture. It's communism. This is a very, very strong chapter. You don't want to miss it. And then I'll have a message at the end. Chapter 5. China Behind It. Joel Kilpatrick calls China the great cancel culture in the world right now. Quote, China is a cancel culture by definition, he said. They control the internet. They control speech. They control visas. They control the prisons. They use facial recognition and video and social credit scores. This is 1984 come to life. End quote. I agree. Someone sent me a picture of a t-shirt that read, Boy, I was right, signed George Orwell. Of course, Orwell wrote 1984, the famous fictional prediction of what life would be like in America if totalitarian trends continued. Now it seems even worse because China increasingly seems to call the tune and write the checks for American corporations, including big tech. Loudon said, many of the big companies have gotten big deals going with China. China is driving this. Corporations have made the decision that China is going to be leading the world, and they have hitched their wagon to China. They're doing China's bidding by strangling the rest of us out of existence, canceling our culture, canceling our businesses, destroying our churches, whatever it takes, end quote. Disguised as an American social movement, much leftist activism, Loudon told me, is a foreign-directed communist movement within our borders and bent on our destruction. Through power grabs and funding mechanisms, communist ideologies now control much of the Democratic Party, almost the entire labor union movement, most universities, the pro-homosexuality movement, the feminist movement, the environmental movement, and Black Lives Matter, according to Loudon. He said, all of these are communist movements, but most Americans have no idea of this because the media is so much on the side of the left and the FBI is so negligent that we hear nothing about it. These movements were temporarily stymied during the Trump administration. In 2018, Trump put tariffs on Chinese goods. China responded by declaring a people's war on America. That didn't just mean putting tariffs on American goods. It meant an all-out attack using any means available. In Loudon's view, China's response played out in 2020. Quote, they just stole our election, burned our cities, and wrecked our economy, all deliberately done, and there were no consequences, he told me. What is to stop them from doing it again in the future? Right now, the Chinese are getting ready to consolidate their power over the South China Sea. The Russians are getting ready to invade the Ukraine, and Iran is getting ready to nuke Israel. All of this has happened because you have basically Iran and China and Russia's friends in the White House now, end quote. In his view, the leftists in power will move quickly in the form of shock and awe to pack the U.S. Supreme Court, make both the District of Columbia and Puerto Rico states, make mail-in ballots compulsory across the country, and centralize power at a dramatic rate. It's all to try to cement their power for years to come. When they are finally able to destroy the United States military, 
China then runs the world. China and their Russian friends, Loudon said. His prognosis is dire. Quote, you're not going to be able to feed your kids. You're not going to be able to go to church. You're not going to have a career. You're not going to be able to disagree with the government. You're not going to have any freedom or prosperity if you don't stand up now, he warned. You're going to have the same kind of lifestyle they currently have in Venezuela and Cuba. That's where we're heading, end quote. Chris Reed is a young pastor about whom I'll have more to say in a later chapter. What galls him is that those leading us down this road are the so-called tolerant left. Quote, the left has treasured the reputation of being called tolerant, meaning they preach acceptance and understanding toward all people, he told me. But yet the tolerant left is not so tolerant to other points of view that disagree with their current one. The tolerant left is not so tolerant toward history and the people in our history, end quote. Reed pointed out that the left preaches that Americans should give up their Second Amendment rights. While leftist politicians walk around with armed bodyguards, the left preaches that it's immoral for a nation to have boundaries, yet builds a barrier around the Capitol in Washington, D.C. And many of the leftist elites live in gated communities. The Bible warns such people that their deeds will come back on them, Reed warned. Quote, cancel culture is exposing its own hypocrisy, and it always comes back to backfire on its largest advocates, he said. The left's ideology is so full of holes and hypocrisies that if ever there was a time for us to rise up in boldness and courage and to speak the truth, it's now. A way out. Eric Metaxas as many people know, wrote a best-selling book on Dietrich Bonhoeffer and is a serious student of Germany in the 1930s. I asked him, in light of the historical example his parents experienced so keenly, how cancel culture proceeds and what its stages are. He introduced me to a phrase coined by a German sociology writing about the 1930s called the spiral of silence. Quote, Chuck Colson picked up on that, Metaxas explained, somebody suddenly realizes, hmm, we're living in a time where if I don't say Heil Hitler, my neighbors, my colleagues are going to look at me funny. So maybe I'm not on board with Hitler, but I'd better say Heil Hitler because I want to keep my job. Now today we think, oh, Heil Hitler, I would never say that. But to say that in 1933 or 1934 was no big deal. Nobody understood that Hitler was going to murder millions. They just thought, it's a kind of government we don't like, but we're going to go along with it because I don't want to lose my job. I don't want my neighbors to report me. Maybe I'll be questioned by the Gestapo. I don't want that trouble, so I'll just go along, end quote. The spiral of silence manifested when people ignored the fact that the Gestapo or SS or Hitler Youth were abusing a Jewish person or some other injustice was done, and they just looked the other way. Every time, they added another layer of silence to preserve their own skin, and they made it much harder for people to stand up later. Quote, They were feeding the beast, and the beast was becoming more powerful, Metaxas said. When you do not speak up, you contribute to the spiral of silence. It gets more and more difficult to speak up. End quote. Compare it with today. He said it was possible to speak out 
on behalf of biblically defined marriage as one man and one woman in 1995 or in 2005, but to do so now invites a much greater backlash and exclusion. Quote, you have a right to speak up, even if your views are not what other people like. But the less we speak up, the more it contributes to the spiral of silence. And inversely, the louder and prouder and bolder you are, the more courage you have and the easier you make it for someone else to speak up, end quote. Such was the example of Dietrich Bonhoeffer, a theologian, prophet, and martyr whose life shines brighter today than it did in his own day. While Hitler's Germany began exterminating its own citizens and acting so belligerently that it caused a world war in which 65 million people died, Bonhoeffer and a few others worked at every level for righteousness and justice within that torn society. This even included plotting to assassinate Hitler, for which Bonhoeffer and others were shot or hanged. The family of Corey Tenboom, a friend and colleague of my most important mentor, Jamie Buckingham, also defied government orders by hiding Jews in the family home, an act for which the family members were arrested and several died. Corey later forgave her concentration camp captors and inspired tens of millions of people with her story of survival, mercy, and courage, told in her best-selling book, The Hiding Place, which later became a movie. In later years, she wrote Tram for the Lord, which Buckingham co-authored. Those examples which happened within most of our parents' and grandparents' lives prove not only that we're never immune to history's ugliness, but that speaking out and standing for what's right are always in fashion in God's kingdom. Capitalism Restored We must also stand and defend economic freedom, in addition to political and social freedom, Ken Fish told me. Paraphrasing the great free market thinker Milton Friedman and his book, Capitalism and Freedom, Fish said the simple fact is that political freedom arises from economic freedom, which protects people's ability to determine their own economic outcomes and means of production. Quote, Benjamin Franklin once said that a government that is big enough to grant you everything you want is also big enough to take everything you have, Fish said. Ronald Reagan co-opted that line. This idea is as old as America. It's one of the reasons that capitalism is bound up with Americanism. Certainly, capitalism has been done poorly at times, and there is a need to moderate excessive greed, Fish said. Then he added, in the best case, the gospel itself should cause Christian business people to moderate that because they should have the best interest of their employees at heart. Nevertheless, capitalism produces a greater level of wealth and therefore the greatest good for the greatest number. This is a direct reason why America is the wealthiest nation that has ever existed. It arose because individuals could control the means of production and their own economic output and not be beholden to somebody who had the ability to dictate what they did or didn't do. I agree that America is living proof, with more than 200 years of history to back it, that capitalism gives more freedom than any other economic system. We certainly don't want to tear it down in favor of some alternate culture. But what can be done to save freedom from Marxism? Some say the solution will be rather extreme and violent. To me, it's actually scary what's happening in our country. 
And I never thought we would say that we have a communist threat in the land of the free and the home of the brave, yet it is, and it masquerades as cancel culture. In other words, they want to cancel everything that does not agree with the leftist agenda. And the leftist agenda is moving toward and includes socialism, which moves toward communism, which is always atheistic. One world government, all that kind of thing. It's scary, and I hope that this chapter opens your eyes. I hope it makes you want to read the book. The book has only been out a couple of months. We're still promoting it, and this is my way to get people to read the book or to listen to the audio version, which you can get from Audible and some other sources. But you can go to my website, stevestrangbooks.com. That's my name, Steve Strang. Books with an S. .com and find out how you can get a copy at special prices, uh, even buy uh, multiple copies of the book, and then tune in again tomorrow where I share Chapter 6, A Nation Divided.